When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Will Brock Purdy versus Patrick Mahomes actually be the story of Super Bowl 58? Welcome to the show. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. It is such a disparity between these two quarterbacks, Perloff. It's impossible to deny. Mahomes, the greatest that we're watching right now, the greatest of this generation, however you want to put it, versus the upstart Brock Purdy, who has wildly exceeded every expectation for him as Mr. Irrelevant, now finds himself in a Super Bowl, and it's so stark. But will that matchup be the difference in this big game? Okay, I mean, it, yes, it's stark because he's Mr. Relevant, but he'll probably be an eight-time Pro Bowler in his career. So I do think it, it's not uh, it's not quite exactly as you're portraying it. Yes, their backgrounds are stark, but Patrick Mahomes wasn't that great in college. He was not a number one overall. He was a number 10 pick. So I feel like what if Brock Purdy is starting a Tom Brady-like career, though? Then we'll look back at it and say they were closer than we thought. I don't think so. Wow. Uh, <laughs> But my it's putting argument. some crazy expectations on Purdy. I mean, as if the well, Joe Montana comparisons weren't enough. Now to say he could be the next Tom Brady? I mean, no. I that's that there, might not be fair. There are obviously a lot of similarities. Late round pick who is well exceeding his. I mean, sure. Tom Brady was nobody. Uh, he, he was a sixth round pick compared to a seventh round pick. Yes, I think if Brock Purdy keeps this up and could be second in MVP voting for the next eight years, yes, he's going to be in that echelon. But I don't think this I would game. Say, so where they are right now? Yeah, this game will not come that down to. Um, Brock Purdy versus Patrick Mahomes. The irony is San Francisco's offense is way more explosive than Kansas City's offense. So say what you want, maybe a quarterback disparity, but there's also an offense disparity. San Francisco's got 50 ways to beat you on offense. Kansas City has one, maybe two. Travis Kelsey uh, and Isaiah Pacheco, maybe Rasheed Rice. So I think the irony of it, you're saying it's a quarterback disparity, but everyone's looking at this game and saying this is – San Francisco's defense is the main fear for San right. Francisco. So it doesn't it doesn't feel like a one-on-one matchup at all to me. And I understand this. If if what you say is true, how can the Niners be favored? If everyone's looking at it this way, that the quarterback's so different, then explain the two-point spread. Well, I think most people are trying to figure out that two-point spread, right? I think a lot of people have their eyebrows raised at that two-point spread. And I think a lot of people who, especially people who work in our industry, were running mm. to bet the Chiefs because yeah. they were getting points. Because, listen, you you count out the Chiefs at your own peril, as we learned with the game against the Ravens. So I, I, I saw a report, a lot of sharp money's coming in on the Niners. So that makes me scared, too, because there's something... Yeah, I, I feel like that two-point spread's not crazy. I, this feels very close to me, right? It, you're, you had pointed out earlier in the show, which is a really good point, that the superior quarterback usually wins. I don't know. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like Patrick Mahomes being superior to Purdy is that important here. So I think this is going to come down to the quarterbacks because there's a lot of different ways you can define that. 
does it have to be throw for throw that it's like last year where Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes were just going mano a mano in the second half and it was like no defense could stop each other and whoever scored last and it ended up being the Kansas City Chiefs? I don't know if it's going to be like that, but I have watched Brock Purdy in these last two games have to put the offense on his back in crunch time. I saw him have to do it against the Green Bay Packers, and he was excellent in the final drive, and I saw him have to do it down three scores in the second half against the Detroit Lions where he had to use his legs, and it was Brock Purdy using his legs that kept that comeback alive. Okay, a couple things happened bad for Detroit, a couple bad bounces here or there, fumble, Dan Campbell decisions. They got a little help on the comeback, but Purdy's legs were undeniably a big part of that comeback. Right, but look at the two defenses you're talking about. Green Bay, terrible. One of the worst in the league. But really tightened it up for the playoffs. Come look on. Look what they did against the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, but uh, yes, I understand what you're saying, but that is definitely one of the bottom five defenses in the league. And the Lions won the bottom five back fours in the league. The Chiefs have been top three defense. If if they get a lead, they're not giving it up like Detroit and Green Bay. Detroit, it was a matter of time until you got to pick on that secondary. Uh, and even even early in the game, I mean, I I thought the Niners were moving the ball even when they were trailing effectively. They just couldn't get Detroit off the field. So I, I think this is a much tougher assignment. I think if San Francisco doesn't establish a run here, it's impossible that Brock is going to be able to carry that team down from 10 against Kansas City. They're way too good a team. Right. I think which, again, would... If that's how it works out, and we're talking about, you know, can can Brock Purdy, you know, is the quarterback matchup going to determine this Super Bowl if you're just joining us? I think that will, in some ways, if what you're describing, San Francisco down 10, can't come back against the Chiefs, yep. you could point to the quarterback and right. say they could not overcome a great Chiefs defense. Look, Lamar Jackson couldn't do it a week ago. I don't know how we'd expect Purdy to do it. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Ravens are even worse. They're completely designed to not play from behind. Right. They're the heavy run team. So, yeah, I think, I'll be honest, if, I, I love Brock Purdy, but if he gets behind in this game, Kansas City's a wrong team to do this against. Their yeah. defense is good, and now Kansas City's playing this ball control offense. Is it going to keep it out of Purdy's hands? I, I hope for San Francisco's sake it's not a Purdy versus Mahomes matchup. I think it's got to be McCaffrey versus Pacheco. That's what they want. This guy, they they want to walk away with Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuel being the MVP of this game because they broke a bunch of tackles, right? Isn't that San Francisco's formula? That's why the quarterback matchup is not as important to me. See, but look at what happened against the Ravens for the Kansas City Chiefs. They came out and put together two spectacular drives, right? It was amazing. Kelsey was perfect. They were right on the money. Mahomes was awesome. They do that again. I know that Mahomes didn't do next to anything in the second half except for play that ball control game, not turn the ball over, be the game manager, realize that he had to take a step back and that the defense could shut out the Ravens because the Ravens were totally discombobulated. But then you still have to, in a way, give it to the quarterback because they came out, he was awesome, they punched them in the mouth, and you know, their opponent couldn't recover. Yeah, but look at this. What's If you're the 49ers, I don't even, it's a run game. I mean, Aaron Jones destroyed you. Yep. And then the Gibbs-Montgomery thing was, they averaged six yards a run. So I, I don't even think it's going to be Mahomes. I think it's going to be Pacheco. Kansas City is going to be like, oh, there's a clear vulnerability here. For some reason, San Francisco's got all this money invested in their defensive line, and they cannot tackle anyone. 
when did San Francisco stop tackling? It's amazing to me. So again, I'm going back to the run game being key here. Uh, you could be right. It could come down to Mahomes and Purdy, but I feel like both coaches say are, are sitting and say, how do we control the ball on the ground to keep it out of the other offense's hands? Well, and you'll notice one thing that San Francisco does do, which the Chiefs wouldn't, what anytime Purdy throws a ball that's even somewhat dicey, they immediately will hand the ball off for the next six plays. <laughs> they do not... They let him settle back in, settle back down, no matter what the score is. 855-212-4CBS. And because that, that is how they're built. Um, we see you guys on the phones. Okay, a couple interesting topics here. We were just talking about the Seattle Seahawks getting a new head coach in Mike McDonald. Kevin is in Oregon, has a thought on the coaching cycle. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Good morning. First of all, my prediction for the Super Bowl, based on the way the 49ers defense is playing, it's going to be... Kansas City, San Francisco, minus 21. Wait, um, sorry, say it again. Your, is, your line cut out. I, sorry, my prediction for the Super Bowl based <laughs> on the way the 49ers defense is playing, it's going to be Kansas City, 84, San Francisco, minus 21. Oh, yeah. Um, uh-huh. The reason I, the reason I, I was just wondering what your opinion was on why Eric Bieniemy doesn't seem to be in the conversation for the head coaching position. And thanks for taking my call. You got it. You know, we ask ourselves this feels like every offseason. And this is a little different because yeah. he did a lot with less in yeah. Washington. They had a good offense till it sort of fell apart at the end of the year. I think there's two or three impossible football questions. Is Derek Carr actually good? And why Eric Bieniemy has never got a head coaching job? I don't understand it. Joe I'll Flacco you, elite. It's Joe Flacco <laughs> elite. I desperately wanted the Eagles to poach Eric Bieniemy from Washington to let him run the offense. Heck, let him coach a team. I don't even care. <laughs> He was great. Kellen I mean, Washington's, Washington's offense was, for a large part of the season, it kind of tailed off, was dynamic, and that was Biennemi. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's a lot of defensive hires this cycle for some reason. Raheem Morris, Gerard Mayo, Mike McDonald. I I think that if Biennemi has one more good year, then it's got to be next year, right? It's got to happen. I mean... Well, where is he going to be coaching this year? So Washington is the only team that has yet to hire a head coach. They're the one team left, which is, I don't want to say... Maybe their inexperience is showing here because as long as they get the higher right, it doesn't matter when they did it. But this was the most obvious team that you were moving on from your head coach, right? How do you not have even a front runner? Again, maybe they're doing something different and it's going to end up working out. But it's I would be antsy if I were a commander fan because you knew probably from the middle of the season that Ron Rivera was going to be out. And the fact that you don't have anybody right now and you're the last pick... Mm-hmm feels a little weird. Feels like you're missing the cycle. Yeah, so at least though now you don't have to rush a decision because everybody's out there. What if what if they hire Dan Quinn, the Cowboys defensive coordinator, and keep Bienemy in the house? Bienemy has interviewed for the head coaching job there too. Yep. Find a way to keep Bienemy. Maybe that's Bien-Ami a, that's ends an up getting the job. Combo. Yeah, it's funny he he's not being listed by the insiders as a potential guy to get that. They have the number two overall pick. This is a good job, guys. I, I don't see this as a bad one, but we don't know what's happening behind the scenes with the ownership change. I mean, you got Bob Myers there who was, like running the, who was running the GM search. Then they landed on the guy from San Francisco, Adam Peters, who was this yeah. like rising star guy behind the scenes from the front office. It's, maybe they want somebody who's on the Super Bowl staffs. I don't know. With Super Bowl staffs. Who are you taking from this? Spags, is, he hasn't done a single interview. Um, and then San Francisco... Yeah, I don't know. It's Kyle's. There's no real hot assistant under Kyle. What are the names you're hearing? We're hearing Dan Quinn. Obviously, Vrabel has to be interesting to them. I, I can't believe Vrabel. Have they even sniff. interviewed him? 
Uh, I do not know. Uh, and you know, listen, Eric Bieniemy. I don't, wherever he lands, if he has one more good year, it's it's overwhelming. This is an offense league, and I'm not sure all these defensive hires are going to work. Um, you know, if Canales has more success than Raheem Morris in Atlanta, I don't think any defensive coordinators are getting hired next year because, you know, everyone wants McVay and Shanahan, and then you're getting Gerard Mayo in the house. There's a lot going. If these defensive coordinators all do not do well as head coaches, then we're going to have seven OCs get the job next year. I don't know if you were paying attention, but it was a probably a pretty tumultuous day for one of our pals. What the f*** is Aaron Rodgers up to today? Haven't checked in on him. I'm assuming answering lots of text messages. I also would think that he would do a press conference yesterday because doesn't the GM usually do that when there's a big change? I kid. Expose in The Athletic detailing just how terrible things were for the New York Jets last year. A lot of salacious details in here, like the head coach trying to root out the leaks in the organization surrounding backup quarterback Zach Wilson threatening to take people's phones. Meanwhile, the coach himself is like texting with a radio personality in New York who read his text messages on the air, but sure. Just basically... Nathaniel Hackett could not adjust after Rodgers went down. There was a lot of backbiting, infighting, coaching staff looking, or at least not the coach staff, Nathaniel Hackett being unprepared. And the fact that Aaron Rodgers has this really outsized influence over the entire team. Did I miss anything, EJ and Pete, as your big Jets fans? Uh, the fact that uh, Zach Wilson soured on his yes. uh, his big bro, his uh, his OG, Aaron Rodgers. Apparently, Aaron Rodgers got hurt, went to California, didn't pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Wilson soured on Rodgers. Yes. I, is anyone not soured on Wilson? Is <laughs> the <a> bigger question. <laughs> That's a good question. Let me ask you guys, you guys, you the Jets fans, if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, what is the record of this team? I, this they article, were seven and ten without him. This article left me doubt that this team would win more than 10 games. I'm not sure if they get to 10. I don't know. They had a lot of easy opponents that they lost. They lost, did they, they lost the early game to the Patriots and scored like four points or something. I mean, yeah. I, I think they that win. That was their 15th straight loss to the Pats. I think they win 11 games and you do not see this this article. I agree but, with that. Yeah. Because I'm sure also to the, the 30 sources and Jets coaches. Yeah, 30 sources right. talk to them. That do means you, people were not shying away from these reporters because they felt like Someone feels like they're going to get scapegoated right. and they want their opinion out there. Right. But if this is, if it's a bunch of idiots in the building, guess what? These 30 sources are also idiots. Yeah. And like those coaches, I was reading some of the anonymous coaches, they clearly have some bizarre agenda here, too. So it feels like the front office and the coaching staff not exactly on the same page in this one. And this is what it made me think, which is Aaron Rodgers can come in and he can make everything look a little bit better and he can make up for a lot of flaws. But this thing, it, the names can change. The same stuff is going to keep happening. It's the culture in the building. It's the owner. The owner isn't front and center in this particular expose, but it is the owner. He yeah. is not just a star chaser, which he has been the whole time. He's impetuous, and everyone's afraid for their job. Clearly, there's so much paranoia going on, and that's what leads to these kind of leaks. It's not because the reporters in New York are better than they are anywhere else. It's because the people in the building are running to the reporters to tell them their side of the story and their stuff. 
it, this is not all on Rodgers for me. It's it's uh, like you've alluded to. It's the whole organization from top to bottom. You could tell that Woody Johnson is probably an Aaron Rodgers fan, thus not being able to do anything else outside of Aaron Rodgers, not being able to move on from Aaron Rodgers. They are a, a very disjointed organization. They always have been under Woody. They, they, they always go with a weird combination in the front office. That's how it's been. Yep. And it hasn't worked. It has not worked whatsoever for them. There's no consistency. No. And when I say star chaser, and I could have used a different word there that would have gotten me fined by the FCC. He would have dumped it. <laughs> star chaser, which is far of obviously the Tebow situation, listening to... Peyton Manning, who told him to hire Adam Gase against everyone's better judgment, the Aaron Rodgers stuff. I mean, you're desperate with Rodgers. I get it. A lot of teams would have done it. I'm not saying the Jets are alone there. It better than like Deshaun Watson or something like that, if you're all things being equal. But I'm telling you, this dude is blinded, but and I'm, that's not a way to team build. What I will say, though, is I'm not Woody's biggest defender at all, but... I saw nothing from this article that made Woody Johnson look bad. Like, he was the one that apparently was going to Salah saying, hey, people in the media, people on social media, look, I don't know if that's where I want him getting this information from. Maybe he should call, you know. Reading the tweets yeah, and mean, making decisions off of look, it. Maybe EJ, he should call a consultant on. or a former NFL coach. But still, like, that offense was broken last year. It was hot garbage. Yeah. And that coach... Well, he should need co- a Twitter feed to tell him, a Twitter user to tell him mm-hmm. that. I know, but like still, like that coach and that coordinator wasn't saying anything, and they apparently weren't doing anything to fix it. So the fact that Woody was apparently pressing solid, being like, hey, this is what people are saying about our offense. Like, what are you doing to fix it? Well, I'll, where has Woody I, I just, been? Robert Sala hasn't right. touched the offense since he got hired. Mm-hmm. I mean... This is this is what you this is what you did. You brought in Robert Sala, then let him hire the guy who was the best man at his wedding, who had never been a full offensive coordinator any uh, ever, and decided to throw a rookie quarterback out there and thought this is going to work. They're all idiots. And the other part, this is how you, even if uh, Woody, Woody reading Twitter and making assessments off of it is probably something a lot of owners do, but that's really dumb. (laughs) Here's how you know that this reflects bad on Woody, because 30 people talk to these reporters. Mm -hmm. That's when you know you got a bad bill. Well, I mean, Woody knows it, and he's doing nothing about it. That's that's the big problem. I mean, he's going to Salo, that's great, but you're the owner. You can go in there and and you could, they, this was a team that needed to either Double down, which is what they d- are doing now, and going back with the same crew because they get all, oh, hey, Aaron Rodgers yeah. is hurt. We could try it again. If not, everyone's out. Or blow it up now. Right. And and if I was running this team, I would the first thing I would did I would clear out Douglas and 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 Salah, and I would said to Aaron Rodgers, hey, look, you're gonna be, uh, we're, we want you here. If you don't want to be here, we'll arrange a trade yeah. right now, and we'll move on. They're and not going it. to. Rodgers they- is calling the shots. He took a pay mm-hmm. cut. They love him. And right. I know Perloff said, you know, if Aaron Rodgers healthy, his team wins yeah. 10 games. And that article, basically, it said that, what's the name of uh, well, the Hackett didn't seem to think that the offensive line was an issue. They were getting <laughs> their ass kicked every day in practice yep. by a defensive line. And people That's because their quarterback had no idea where to go with the ball. No, no, he was, no, this is training camp with Aaron Rodgers. With yeah, Rodgers. yeah, but so, by so, that, so that was one that. version, whatever, that, that was some... Coach saying that. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'd like to hear what Hackett and Rodgers The first thought. two games of the season, Aaron Rodgers under siege. We knew that offensive line was terrible. First two games, I mean, he lasted four plays. And in the preseason, four, four he was under siege. Um, yeah, I got to say, all this dysfunction with Rodgers and Hackett, the same thing was going on in Green Bay, and they went 13-3 and every year. You don't think Rodgers was a pain in the butt in Green Bay? 
I'm telling you, he would have, quote-unquote, papered over all this. They probably would have won 12 games. He can't block for himself, Karloff. That's what I'm trying to say. Dude, <laughs> he would have got he, hurt anyway. All they needed, they, if they had scored 11 points a game, they're 10-7. and seven. I mean, But he's got they, an upright to do that. That's the bar point. is so low. I'm telling you, Rodgers is going to get healthy and going to paper over all of this, and you're not going to see. I think this is a function of there's 7 million media members floating around the Jets. I, I, I think this, this function was probably happening in Green Bay, and they were still the number one seed every year. Well, it's interesting, 855-212-4CBS, how big of a difference Rodgers is going to make because Rodgers also has a lot swirling around him. Now, this this did talk about the McAfee appearances yeah. or any of the other distractions, but let's not think, let's not pretend like Aaron Rodgers doesn't bring his own level yeah, but, of drama to this team. But he's always won with drama around him, hasn't he? I mean, they drafted Jordan Love, and he basically said, I hate you, to, yeah, to the GM, and then went on to win two MVPs. I but it's I, not like the last season in Green Bay was peaches and cream. That yeah, was because his receivers were an average of 17 years oh, yeah, old. and then Jordan Love went and just had a fantastic season. Right, because they were older. Because, I mean, the, the Packers screwed Rodgers over on offense. That is, you cannot argue that the Packers are doing a good job of supporting him. Okay, and but, Bakhtiari could not say on the field. There was a lot going on there. But here's the thing. Rodgers, they're trying to placate him and brought in Alan Lazard and gave him $44 million, and the guy was a healthy scratch by the end of the season. Like, couldn't, oh, you know. He's a bum. Again, 855-212-4CBS. See you guys on the phone. So that was just a little of what was going on with the Jets yesterday. Uh, Hadn't heard from them in a while. Coming up, we do our Super Bowl bulletin. The one news item you need to know about the big game. We'll tell you next. Welcome back. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Back to Maggie and Perloff. Genuinely heated debate on how good Brock Purdy has to be for the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. Does he have to be one of the 10 best players on San Francisco? I actually don't think so necessarily uh, to beat Patrick Mahomes. I don't see it as a quarterback battle. I see this much more as a team matchup. Maggie says the reality is it is. Patrick Mahomes versus Brock Purdy. It's going to come down to the quarterbacks, definitely. And he can't be the 10th best person on the field for them to win the game. Because in crunch time against the Packers and the second half against the Lions, he was better than the 10th best player. And if they find themselves trailing or in a dogfight, he's going to have to elevate his game. That's just facts. Well, what if it's a 
Panthers-Broncos 2015 Super Bowl where the best player on the field was Von Miller by 50 miles. And Nick Bosa just blows up Patrick Mahomes like the, the Bucks Super Bowl. There's all sorts of scenarios here. I don't think we should do some kind of show bet. I don't know how you determine this. Does it come down to the quarterbacks or does it come down to something else? I don't know how you possibly – we could have EJ judge. We have a poll question up yeah. right now at Maggie and Pearl where you can go and vote – and the poll question is, will the quarterback matchup be the story of the game in the Super Bowl? Right now, 57% say no, 43% say yes. So it is rather tight. That was our Super Bowl bulletin music. Uh, just a quick update on what's going on. Kadarius Tony, the injury status has been a little, uh, I want to say, murky. Yeah, murky, I think, is a good way to put it. He says he's not hurt. Team says he is hurt. He's no longer listed on the injury report for the hip injury, Perloff. Now it's personal reasons. This, uh, this dude, they don't want this dude anywhere near the team. You know, Andy Reid, I listened to an interview with Alex Smith the other day. Yeah. Who was uh, with Andy Reid in Kansas City. He said Andy Reid has this unique ability to let players be themselves. And even when he has malcontent players or players who have perceived character issues, he is very forgiving. Uh, he's known as a forgiving coach. So I wonder if he's going to give Kadarius Tony another chance. And the other thing, too, is Tony showed up big time in last year's Super Bowl. So he's not a stranger to this moment. I think he's going to play. I, I doesn't I'll, make any sense to me because I would never have him out there. But just they can bring him in on one sort of jet sweep or something. I, I feel like he's going to be out there. Do you think he's on the roster? Well, he just went on Instagram Live and said to bleep by bleep. <laughs> to the entire Kansas City Chiefs organization. That was like four days ago, so I, I don't think so. But you're right, maybe Andy Reid is very forgiving. You know, coaching Tyree Kill, Michael Vick back in Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't even Michael Vick. Off, it was, off of it, uh, prison. It was handling Deshaun Jackson. I mean, wide receivers. Sure. Any coach that can handle a wide receiver is, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't think you get enough credit for that. But today it's Thursday. They practice. If Tony's out there. I think he's playing. And first of all, San Francisco can't tackle anyone. Why not put Tony out? They'll probably run right through him. <laughs> or he'll fumble the ball. Or who knows? He'll definitely line up in the wrong place. That's a given. <laughs> Just uh, yeah. knock off five yards. Get it out of the way. Uh, Marlene's in Gary, Indiana. Good morning. Good morning. What's on your mind? So I just want to say a few things. Number one, I, I think you guys are some of the fans that are just making it too much about the quarterback versus the quarterback. Mm -hmm. It's a team game. First of all, just what you guys said. If a quarterback's the 10th player on the field, there's 22. Yeah. They're going to lose the game. But listen, Brock Purdy's been proving since high school that he's a natural-born winner. You can't compare him Patrick Mahomes, who's been there for almost 10 years now. But at the end of the day, hand the ball off to McCaffrey like you've been doing all year. Mm -hmm. Give the ball to Debo and Ayuk. And when he needs to make a play, he makes a play. People forget that in the first game of the year, it was Patrick Mahomes that lost to the Detroit Lions. Now, granted, Travis Kelsey Wasn't was there. out. Or, no, Chris Jones. But but what if, what if San Francisco really stuck double teams Kelsey and you see Bosa put on the heat? Yeah. Then what's Mahomes going to do? So I, that's my number I mean, one thing. But I, but 
I guess Marlene, I, I think that's I, I'm curious about that also. If you know, if finally San Francisco becomes the first team ever to actually stop Travis Kelsey, then what's he gonna do? And I think he's gonna find Rasheed Rice and I think he's gonna find MVS and I think Mahomes is gonna make it happen. MVS. <laughs> he he sealed the game in Buffalo and in Baltimore. That's a tall order for MVS to all of a sudden step up and be a consistent yeah, I, weapon here. I, I, don't, I don't, don't know about with, consistent, I but I don't he had agree two with you there, and I also just have to say, look, Brock Purdy, people need to start taking notice. He's a winner, and a winner is a winner is a winner, and right. so I think he's got as good a chance as anyone. Now, Wait. I want your take more specifically because you're a lady just like myself. Yeah. With Caitlin Clark, and I don't want to get too off of your topic, but being that she's the most marketable female athlete right now, possibly on the globe, do you think that she's going to get a WNBA contract that is going to be a breakthrough contract for women, just like you as the amazing radio announcer you are, <laughs> deserves a breakthrough contract. Oh, well, contract. thank you. Marley, what appreciate that. I can guarantee you I'm not breaking any records for radio salaries. Um, I do disagree a little bit because I, I think when Simone Biles gets a hold of that Olympics, she'll be number one by far. But Caitlin Clark is a huge marketing force, and we're seeing her in all sorts of commercials. Yeah, I think Naomi Osaka probably. I mean, there, uh, she uh, still play? Yeah, I mean, she's on a patern- maternity leave, I believe. She's still. back now. She's back. Yeah. So I, yeah. I don't know if Caitlin Carts the biggest on the planet, but let's not parse Marlene's words. I get what she's saying. She's probably the biggest female athlete in the country. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just say it's funny because that a little. I think the I think the Olympics will change that a little bit. But right, Caitlin Clark is huge. Now I'm curious: does WNBA slot salaries? I thought they did. So they do. So yeah. for uh, for the number one pick, you get seventy six thousand, and that goes up to about three years. Where it's eighty five thousand, and there's a fourth year option for ninety seven thousand. Yeah, she's taking a significant pay cut to go to the WNBA, which yes. is why you it's know, funny, yeah. which is well, this has always happened, and this is why these women have to play or elect to play overseas in the off season so they can try to supplement their income. Well, she'll still get big marketing money too, though. So you know, she has Gatorade, I believe, and she has she has does she have State Farm now? She's one of the big insurance companies, so she'll still do that in the WNBA. Yeah, I, I don't. Listen, if she wanted to, could she could she say, I mean, does she have the power, let's put it this way, to, I don't know how you change the salary structure. I don't know if you could do that. But does she have the power to maybe influence where she wants to be drafted or, you know, things like that? Probably. I don't think she'll use mm. it. I think she'll do, I think she'll be drafted just like everyone else. Well, also, I think there's a legit question. Is she, it's not like she's LeBron where she's going to, be so far and away better than the second best player in this draft, right? Is she that actually, I, I don't know, I love watching Caitlin Clark, but is she that much better than whoever two and three are? I mean, is there a huge line here? Well, it's interesting because EJ was brought to our attention that Cheryl Swoops was talking about how Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese are going to have trouble adjusting to the WNBA. Not trouble, but just don't expect them to be Awesome. I'm sorry, Bogus, you were going to tackle this topic as well. Go ahead. I, I, it's I'm your show, sorry. guys. It's really okay to do it. <laughs> I just, uh, I was reading the sheet, then I wasn't reading the yeah. sheet. Um, Cheryl Swoops, we have some sound of this, yes? I don't think so. Right. I don't have it in front of me right now. So Cheryl Swoops, all good. She, I think you do Angel good, so. will right, eventually be Cheryl a Swoops. good pro. I don't think Angel will come into the league immediately and dominate the way people think she will. And I say that for people who have never watched a WNBA game. It's good. Like there's talent. Like these women can play. Well, Caitlin Clark 
be a good pro? Absolutely. Will Caitlin Clark come into the WNBA and do what she's doing right now? Immediately? Absolutely not. Yeah, that doesn't actually... That makes perfect sense. Right? And that's courtesy of Gil's yeah. Arena, Gilbert yeah. Arenas' podcast. And EJ, you said that Cheryl Swoops is getting a lot of backlash for that. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that she's a hater for this and that, you know, this is you know, kind of like what we've seen in the NBA where you got old heads saying that someone won't be as good. Right. But it's honestly, it's 100% true. I mean, yeah. I'm a Liberty fan. I watched Sabrina Ionescu's first full year. First year, she was hurt in the bubble. But then the second year she played, she struggled a lot. Right. <laughs> um, you know, Kelsey Plum broke almost every scoring record that we have in college basketball. It took her three years to get off the bench. You know, and she only became an all-star just a couple of years ago. So... Ten years ago, yeah, she was on a super team though, yeah. or version of it, right? Kelsey? Oh, not not when she first. No, first she was in San Antonio. They oh, weren't right. remember they were the San Antonio star superstars, whether they were before the the, the silver Vegas. stars before yeah. the Vegas Aces. So no, I mean this is a situation where the WNBA is in a totally different spot now. She's right. Like ten years ago, yeah, Candace Parker or Maya Moore could come in and just score yeah, twenty points a game. Yeah. Yeah. Diana Taurasi, that is not the case anymore. So I don't think that this was hate at all. I, I totally agree. And also, uh, we forget Paige Beckers is probably the the biggest star to come into the sport. of. She's the biggest high school recruit ever in the sport, and she's in this draft, too. She'll probably go two or three. I know she's just been so hurt in her yeah, career, she, which is a bummer. Yeah, but she scored 20 points a game this year. I think, uh, yeah, I don't see Caitlin Clark as such a difference. Maker. I mean, obviously, the comparison is Steph Curry, right? Because she just hit from the logo all game long. There's a lot of good shooters in, in the WNBA. I, I'm pretty excited about this. This... Isn't it amazing? The women's tournament is probably going to outrate the men's tournament. I know it is. Like, the final is just going to – if Caitlin Clark can advance, it's going to be huge. And I think – I'm sorry, to watch UConn strangle somebody on defense is not exactly exciting to me on the men's side. So uh, I just think that's notable. We we didn't talk about this. Was it last week when LSU played South Carolina? And – more people that got a higher rating yeah. than two other NBA games. So yeah. Celtics Heat and uh, Kings Warriors both had 1.38 million viewers on TNT and one and a half million people tuned in to watch LSU and South Carolina women's yeah. basketball. And that's just that's just the beginning. Wait till football is over and everybody sort of starts focusing on college basketball. It's gonna be great. Bogish updates. Have any stories have I stolen from your update well, in the last five minutes? <laughs> I'll add this. Caitlin Clark played last night. She scored 35 points. Iowa blew out Northwestern 110-74. And along the way, she went up two spots from fourth to second on the all-time women's D1 scoring list. She's now 103 points away from Kelsey Plum's all-time mark. Which she's going to so what, three games? Yeah. I mean, what I mean we... basically, she's five straight 30-point games, so she's like three and a half Caitlin Clark games away from getting there. Uh, we can only hope that Chiefs Niners is as good as Mahomes and Kelsey v. Tucker. Their pregame <laughs> slap fight over Tucker's equipment is still going on. First, the Ravens kicker said he was minding his own business Sunday, doing his usual pregame warm-up. When the two bullies showed up, then the Chiefs QB said he only had this problem three times in his career, and it's always been Tucker in Baltimore. Now the Chiefs tight end is saying this. They're yeah. dropping. Eyes are looking left, and they got a, a helmet down by their feet. It's actually kind of dangerous, really. But Like, if you're not going to pick that up, I'll happily move that for you. So this, again, was all Tucker's fault. It's always, if you're, if you're trying to go on to the other team's designated area you kind of stay out of their way you know you you don't you don't interfere with what they have going on that is the unwritten rule that's the unwritten rule if you want to be a <laughs> about it you keep your helmet and your football and your 
kicking tee right where the quarterbacks are warming up. Uh, that's, of course, Jason in there, too. That's from the New Heights podcast. I love this. Please don't stop talking about it. Please tell me all the new stories. And if, if Justin Tucker's a villain, sign me up for that, too. I did not see that. Love it. Coming from Justin Tucker. Mm-hmm. Did you see that the reason why the Chiefs, they were all wearing black going into the game? Whatever. Because they were going to rob the bank? Yeah. Yeah. It's always something. Oh, like Chiefs Holic? Yeah, I saw that line. Yeah. Wow. There, there's always gimmicky stuff. That's fine. As, as great as that sound was from Kelsey, I think the, the bigger story out of the New Heights podcast was Jason saying that he's trying to bring back backyard baseball and backyard football, which if, you, if you've not played this, is the greatest maybe computer video game ever created. I don't know this game. You guys don't know backyard football and backyard baseball? No. no. EJ, we're old. Which operating oh system gosh. was this on? This was on Windows. Atari? This is like 90, Windows 98, Windows 99. Man, is anything better than Windows 98? So wait, it, did, it wasn't even like a video game? It was something it was you did com- on your computer? It was a computer game. Yes, it was a <laughs> computer game. <laughs> and, I used to play those, definitely. And, you, and it was like a, just a bunch of kids, and they were all characters, and you'd pick teams like a like a pickup game, and then you'd play football or basketball or baseball. This is back when you had to be every character because you weren't playing in connected computers with your friends, right? Right. Oh, yeah, there really wasn't any internet. Yeah, yeah you were right. basically playing the <laughs> you're bot everybody. Or, or you're everybody. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It was, I mean, Pablo Sanchez is like a, a internet legend because he was always the best player. He spoke no English, <laughs> but he was great in every sport because it was backyard soccer too. And they discontinued the game. And Jason Kelsey said that he's been working behind the scenes to buy the rights so he can bring it back. Wow. So th- that was big news. A lot of people were excited about that. Was that for what happened? Why wouldn't you play Madden if you could? Why no, you, play? I played Madden as well. Okay. But this was an alternative. Because sometimes, you know what happens? You know, your, your, your parents say, hey, yeah, go yeah, on yeah. TV. Go got somewhere it. else. So you go to the computer and you had backyard baseball, which is totally different. It's got not it, like it, simulation, it. but it is so much fun. I know people in the chat, people listening, have played backyard football and backyard baseball. It is fact that Jason Kelsey bring that back. I take back every single thing I said <laughs> bad about Every it. negative thing. I exactly. used to play Winter Olympics, Alberville 92. Oh. Computer. I was like, like cross like country ski skiing. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. You had a joystick. Oh, yeah. Ski yeah. jump. I feel like I've done a video game ski jump before where you just have to stay straight. <laughs> yes. Uh, I like my video game simple. The Seahawks picked their new head coach yesterday. It's Ravens D coordinator Mike McDonald. The Packers naming Boston College head coach Jeff Halfley their new defensive coordinator. The Eagles 22-26 and 26 under Halfley. He is the third head coach this offseason to leave for a coordinator job. The first two guys switched to Alabama. At least Halfley is going to the pros. The Cleveland Cavaliers still the hottest team in the NBA right now. Here's Mitchell. Comes around Allen. Donovan. Three ball. Got it! Mitchell now sitting on 39. He's got 14 here in the fourth quarter of play. And Monty Williams trying to figure out a way to put out that Mitchell Inferno calls time. Tim Alcorn on Cavs Radio. Mitchell scored 20 of his 45 in the fourth to close out a 128-121 decision over the Pistons. Cleveland has won 10 of 11. The Blazers won Damian Lillard's return to Portland, 119-116 over his Bucks. Kevin Durant won his return to Brooklyn, scoring 33 in the Suns' 136-120 victory. And the Clippers finished January with a 12-3 record thanks to a 125-109 win in Washington. Guys, back to you. Bogish, thank you so much. Got a lot more to do, including the most important non-quarterback in the Super Bowl. Who is that person? We'll tell you next. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio.
Welcome back to Maggie and Proloff. This portion of the show is sponsored by the new Hyundai Tucson, available with complimentary class-leading Blue Link Plus. Now it's easy to use your phone to control your Tucson. Love Hyundai. My mom's got a Hyundai. I'm always jealous. 855-212-4CBS. Okay, non-quarterback that is going to have the biggest impact in the Super Bowl, Perloff. And let's go with the skill position players okay. on offense. We'll do defense another time. But for the weapons on offense, non-quarterback, who will have the biggest impact? Do you think this is Travis Kelsey or Christian McCaffrey? Okay. Uh, we'll put Debo to the side then. Uh, it's got to be McCaffrey because when the Niners win, McCaffrey has big games. And when the Niners lose, you can contain McCaffrey. His split in wins versus losses, 5.5 yards per carry in wins, 4.7 in losses. And this the game script, as you pointed out, this is Patrick Mahomes versus Brock Purdy. I think the Niners don't want to play with fire and give Mahomes a bunch of chances. So they're going to hopefully for them play some ball control football. Now on the other side, I looked up this stat. When yeah. Kelsey, this is not to diss Kelsey, but Kelsey could have a big game and they can get killed anyway. He had a hundred over a hundred yards receiving in the thirty one nine Super Bowl loss to the Bucks because nobody else did anything. Right. So there is there in my mind is a scenario where Kelsey has a big game and the Chiefs offense is not effective because we've seen that before. So I'm almost going to let Kelsey eat, but if McCaffrey gets going, man, that changes everything of the complexion of this game. Yeah, I got to go Kelsey on this one because, first of all, no one's been able to cover him all these years. Yep. He's 34 years old. He's still getting open. I saw Luke Keekley was actually on Kay Adams' show yesterday and had a pretty good sort of description as to why, which is you can never leave his hip. And, like, you have to mm. be playing him constantly and looking in his eyes to see if he's tracking a ball. I mean, it was a really good breakdown from Keekley on K show, but I, to me, what was the difference ultimately offensively for Kansas city against Baltimore, this great defense, Kelsey, it was Kelsey and it was getting to Kelsey early. And he's just with the big game experience. They've been there, done this before. And then like on the flip side of it, there's just not that besides Pacheco, who else are you really giving me on the, the Chiefs that really scares you. Well, Rashid Rice to some extent, the rookie wide receiver. Yeah, but have we seen him consistently? Have we seen him win a game for the Chiefs yet this year? Uh, he's look he's at the good. second half. He's had some huge games. Uh, no, he's but not. not he's not, not Tyreek Hill. Yeah. He's not Tyreek Hill. But can you see a scenario where Kelsey has a big game and the offense doesn't really kill you? Because Kelsey's not going to get over the top and have a 70-yard strike. That's true. So we were talking about this earlier. You kind of likened it to like a Kobe Bryant game, right? You let Kobe get 40, and then you shut down everybody around Kobe. I I just think – I don't know if you're going to be able to do that. I I think that even with Kelsey's ability – it's just like it's such a backbreaker right. when he always finds a way to get open. And also, let's not forget, one of the big things that Detroit did well against the San Francisco 49ers, at least in the first half of the game, was run the ball, yes, but running the ball to open up the middle of the field. Yeah. And that's where Kelsey does a lot of his damage, obviously. Okay, back to McCaffrey for a second, yeah. though. Everyone's saying Brock Purdy is one of these games. Think about the Packers game. What what was the the hammer? What was the death knell when McCaffrey started going downhill at the yeah. end against the Packers? It was over. So that is the scenario. I think that Kyle Shanahan is visiting right now. Man, if we can get some, if we can pop McCaffrey for a couple big runs, that is exactly how to beat this Kansas City team. Because I think it's going to be hard. It's been hard to throw against those quarterbacks. Those guys are glued to people right now. I know. And I think in the postseason, I think they give defensive backs a lot of leeway. 
I think San Francisco has to win this game on the ground. I think Debo has some role in that, too, as well. Yeah, I, that's the other thing. If McCaffrey, say McCaffrey's twisted, I'm going to knock on wood here. I don't want yeah, to yeah. say twisted ankle in the first quarter. Yeah. I mean, you still have Elijah Mitchell. Yep. You still have Debo. You still have Kittle. You still have Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk's a big part of this, too. Yeah, but if you uh, if Kansas City, if you take that run element and you de-emphasize it, I think that Kansas City could cover all those guys. Ayuk's great, but where was he two weeks ago against Green Bay? Right. Hey, oh, Ken, rain game a little tougher. To... Yeah, I, I I don't know. If, well, obviously, listen, you've been saying it all year, so I'm stealing this from you. McCaffrey is probably the MVP of this team. Yeah. As a Brock Purdy fan, I countered you because Purdy's <laughs> also outstanding. Yeah. But McCaffrey uh, is the heart and soul of San Francisco. And listen, you do not want Patrick Mahomes to have the ball in his hand. I think he didn't do much against Baltimore because he didn't have to. But if you're going to go tete-a-tete like the Eagles did in last year's Super Bowl, it's really scary to see that guy in the second half. Yeah, I mean, look at the what the Chiefs' defense was able to do to the Ravens' run game just in general, like as a philosophy. Like, they took them completely out of it. Now, I think a lot Ooh. of that is the Ravens got spooked. Todd Munkin took them out. Their offensive coordinator took them out of it. Right, but and I don't know that Kyle Shanahan would make the same mistake, but this is a good run-stopping team up front. I mean... Yeah, they, we they've saw, been effective. Man, I saw Gus Edwards have a couple good runs early, it and they crazy. just they went didn't away go from back him. to him. I don't know why they did. Yeah, uh, I think they they got nervous. I think their game plan fell apart. So it, yeah, and I think Kyle Shannon hopefully learned from that. Do not Kyle Shannon will not abandon the run. Even down, McCaffrey still gets. Uh, even when they were down in these two playoff games, McCaffrey was still part of it. That's true. So yeah, but one thing about Kelsey. If uh, we're going to do prop bets on the road, he's hit the over whatever his yardage is in a playoff game. He hits the over by 30 yards in the first half. I know. He's such a playoff performer. It's insane. Except if you bet on Christian McCaffrey receiving yards against the Packers and you lose your bet by three yards. Oh. The Maggie Gray story. I don't like when Brock Purdy just throws it to McCaffrey every time, by the way. That feels like that. that uh, you're talking about Green Bay, right? Yeah. That McCaffrey, they weren't able to do anything with him in the receiver game. It's like Purdy, Purdy had nowhere to go. He's like, I'm going to give it two yards to McCaffrey with eight guys around him. And thus concluding one of the worst betting seasons that I've ever put together oh, yeah. in my entire life. You know what, <laughs> for both of us, you know what really screwed us this basically? Prop bets. Why did we get, we got a lot of over-unders and a lot of games right. The props. The props <laughs> are the easy ones. I couldn't get a, I couldn't nail a prop bet, like, if my life depended on it this year. Yeah. So. Well, plenty more for you before the Super Bowl. We'll actually bring in some other experts to tell us how to bet this game because Perloff and I clearly need help. Uh, on Thursdays at this time, we do the multiverse of Maggie and Perloff. The biggest sports what-ifs and what could have beens comes your way next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.